The Hawks are still trying to figure out who they are. I think it's been what it's been all season. Still trying to uh, find that identity. Uh, what are we playing for, you know? Welcome to the Hawks Report, a podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, the Hawks beat reporter here at the AJC. And who would have thought that 71 games into the season, the Hawks would still be trying to figure out what their identity is. Now, of course, a lot has happened to the Hawks this season. They've got a new coach. And of course, the goal will pivot a little bit, but it's still concerning that this team does not know who it is. So today we'll get a chance to hear from Ken Snyder, couple of other players and Danielle and I are going to chat about the Hawks not knowing who they are. If you are listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada, You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So we are now a few hours separated at the time of this recording from Sunday afternoon's brutal loss to the San Antonio Spurs. And the only reason I use the word brutal is because, Daniel, you touched on it in your after the game report. Uh, The Hawks had a 22 point lead at halftime on Sunday. They scored a season high 83 points and then came back out of the locker room and scored a season low 35 points in the second half. Now, Daniel, when you watched that game, that first half, it felt as though the Hawks were finally kind of figuring out how to beat the teams that they were supposed to beat or that they are supposed to beat, excuse me. And it's just bizarre that we're continuing to see a team that's consistently inconsistent. So here's Quinn Snyder kind of touching on that about this team needing to find some consistency if it's going to have some success moving forward. I think it's a question of just um, if there's something that that we can grab or it's just the the consistency that we need to continue to develop. And um, I've said it before, you know, us being the best version of ourselves at the end of the year. And, you know, sometimes that process doesn't look the way you anticipated. Certainly the second half didn't look that way, but um, still time to hang your head and be dramatic about it. We just need to go out and do better. 
and, and do what we did more consistently. And when you have those moments, they can't be an entire half. It's got to be six minutes or four minutes, and, and uh, you know, get back what you, you know what you had that felt good and was successful. You know, obviously in the NBA, it's always a game of runs, and teams are going to go on these huge offensive spurts when they kind of figure things out. But as a team that had the lead, you know, going into the fourth quarter even, that was the moment for the Hawks to kind of tap back into what was working for them in that first half. But we did not see that. So when you watch the game, Daniel, what just was the struggle of them trying to lock in on consistent defense, whether that was consistent effort on defense, whether that was just making sure that they're getting to their matchups on time. Just what did you see that was so drastic between the first and the second halves? It's the same thing we've seen all year long. They get so comfortable when they get these leads. No matter the opponent, uh, they've lost 13 games now this year when leading by 10 or more. And out of the 71 games, they've won 31 as well when leading by 10 or more. So in 44 of the 71 games, you've had a double-digit lead. And mm-hmm. it's been the same in every single one of those, especially against teams um, like the Spurs, who are in the bottom five of the NBA. They get mm-hmm. too comfortable. They just think that they they can just cruise with a 20-plus point lead. And Quinn Snyder said it after the game, like 20-point leads don't really matter anymore. Like streaks and runs with the three-pointers the way they are. Those things can disappear in a blink of an eye, and that's what it did. But, you know, the one thing that I noticed as well is when this team lacks defense and the execution, it trickles into their offense. Four assists in the second half. That's it. Seven turnovers in the second half. They were getting so frustrated on the defensive side that they forgot what they did well on the offensive side to try to get themselves to close out the San Antonio Spurs and again that's something that you know we've talked about reverting back to hero ball not Mm -hmm. moving the ball as well not connecting with each other not relying on each other to get back in the game or again put this team over the edge and, and win a game and I think that's exactly what happened in the final 24 minutes it's they get down they get deflated and they can't return to what they were doing I mean how do you score 83 points in the first half and then only 30 in the second. I mean, it's just crazy. The, the blueprint is not that much different from the first half to the second half. Quinn Snyder's too good of a coach for this to be happening. It, it's got to fall mm-hmm. on the players and the, the execution on their front and to kind of forget everything they did in the first half. It was just kind of crazy, but it was something that, you know, it was a here we go again moment. Um, something that when we talk about what we want to talk about in the podcast and how this game's going to go, you have to wait till the final buzzer now because you just don't know what's going to happen with this team. Exactly. And I think what's interesting is Quinn Snyder also after the game didn't say anything negative about the team's shot selection. And, and that's interesting because when you talk about hero ball, that usually will reflect poor shot selection. But I think what's interesting, and you brought up just them having four assists, is that for them to have assists, you know, the teammates have to knock those shots down. And so it wasn't just, you know, people trying to create opportunities for themselves, but you did see, you know, some of the guards and and even some of the, the wings trying to create opportunities for other people. But the Spurs just weren't letting them uh, knock those shots down. The Hawks just seemed incapable of knocking those shots down. And it just seemed like a weird just cycle of, okay, 
the shot doesn't fall. So then you don't see the effort on the defensive end. The defensive effort is lacking and then it bleeds into the offensive effort. And it's just a it's just a cycle. And I think we also have to take into account that the Spurs were playing physically. And sometimes it just seems as though the Hawks tend to get frustrated and flustered when calls don't go their way. And that's not to say that that's necessarily fair. It's not. But this team needs to be a team that can play through some of those frustrating whistles and not let it affect either side of the ball. And and so if we're thinking about what this team's identity is, you know, here's what DeJounte Murray said about the, it just kind of being what it is the whole season and the fact that now we're 71 games into into the year and it's still the same identity that it's been all year. You know, it's interesting what he has to say. So here he is. I mean, you're so late in the season. You know, I think all you can do now, obviously, like even, you know, adding Coach Quinn, you know, a great guy, you know, such a motivator. You know, he's passionate, competitor, however you want to put it. Uh, you know, but like I said, uh, we're all grown men. So it comes down to what we really want. You know what I mean? Uh, you could just preach so much. You could watch so much film. You could put in a bunch of work. But we all got to go out and be consistent and, you know, be together. And, you know, I feel like at times we get disconnected a lot and, you know, stuff like that happens. But I feel like the the teams that really want to win and go in that direction, you know, and we want to be that, uh, it's going to start with us, you know. Start with me. Like I said, I take accountability for myself. And, uh, you know, everybody else has got to take accountability for us to just grow together. Yeah, so it's interesting that this team knows what needs to be done but they're, they're just struggling to put those words into action. And Daniel, when you think about how it can go from knowing what needs to be done, verbalizing what needs to be done, and then actually doing it, what do you think this team needs to get there? That's a great question. And I don't even know if I have the answer to that <laughs> question because it's tough because I think one, the sense of urgency needs to be there that I don't think is there. When you when you look at, I think it was I was listening to uh, AJ Griffin uh, talk at practice Monday, and the message to the team that Quinn you know talked to him and Clinton and everyone else, and AJ said, yeah, he he talked about on Sunday that the Spurs are a team that's gonna has nothing to play for, but they are gonna be a team that does not give up. They're gonna mm-hmm. you know play every possession because there are guys, and we talked about this on our last podcast with some of these teams, is they're playing for. They are playing for their teammates, but they're also selfishly playing for themselves in in contracts, Mm -hmm. which is fair at this point of the year when you're eliminated from playoff contention. But the Hawks have so much to play for as well, and that's what's crazy about it. You're still mathematically alive for six, and we know you say mathematically alive. It means you're probably not going to get the six, but technically you are still available to get there. You're still alive to get the seventh, which means you host the first play-in game. But now, because of the hole you've dug yourself in, now you're watching the Toronto Raptors right behind you. And mm-hmm. if they would have beaten the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday night, they would be the ones sitting in eighth right now and not mm-hmm. the Atlanta Hawks. So now you're in danger of playing in that 9-10 game, which means it takes two wins to get into the playoffs. And so yeah. I think the sense of urgency is the thing that really strikes me about this team. And when you talk about how they closed out yesterday's game, it just didn't seem like it was there. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think the way you're you're talking about this team, it's a lot more mental than it is the actual execution because this is a very talented roster and there should be no reason why for 25 straight games, 
They have been hovering around 500 or one game below or one game above. It's been pretty impressive. The Mm -hmm. consistently inconsistent that we've preached since the beginning of this season that it's still happening 71 games in. So for me, it's a sense of urgency in this team lacking it and lacking Mm -hmm. the, the understanding of how important these last 11 games are and how important games like Sunday's game was against San Antonio. And I was listening to someone else and just talking about the record of this team they have six losses against the bottom five. And if those losses are wins, you're looking at a team that is not even worried about the playing right now. And so exactly. that it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about, but it's something I think is the biggest issue with them of knowing what's at stake here. And I know with a new head coach, maybe it's a lot of this is evaluation too and figure out mm-hmm. what needs to be done for next year, but they still have something to play for this year. It doesn't mean they need to fold, you know, throw in the towel and say, all right, well, we'll figure out next year. I mean, this is, this is too talented of a team for them to be in this position. And I think it's kind of a more of a, hopefully it was a wake up call what happened Sunday. Now you're facing a team like Detroit on Tuesday, which is another bottom five team, which again has so many other things to play for. And it's mm-hmm. not going to be a layup for, for them. I'm kind of curious, unless you know this, Daniel, when you think about the last time that the Hawks were more than two games above 500, when would you guess that was? Or if you know. I, I mean, I saw the graphic today about the 25 straight games. Um, so I'm trying to do my... It's got to be either early January or late December, I would think. The Hawks haven't been more than three games above 500 since December 2nd, 2022. Their win over the Denver Nuggets. That's three Isn't coaches that ago. I know. <laughs> Two coaches <laughs> ago, whatever you want to... Whatever the math you want to put on it. <laughs> That's insane to me that they've gone, that they've just struggled to get more than two games above. It's either they win two, lose two, lose one, win one. Uh, lose, you know, it, it's just a, a, a strange predicament that this team is in that they just can't seem to get past being, quote unquote, comfortable wherever it is. But, you know, Quinn Snyder is definitely using this as an evaluation period, of course. You know, I'm sure he wants to coach this team into the postseason. Uh, I don't think he wants them to be a one-and-done playing team. He actually, I think he wants them to get into the playing tournament. I'm excuse me, uh, the playoffs, so making it past the playing tournament. But he's he's keeping his optimism high. Uh, he wants each day for them to get better than the last, and I don't know. I just it's so hard with this team to to see them you know making it out of the plan. I hate to say it. It's it's such a struggle to say, but it's just realistically difficult for me to see how that happens or if they do make it, you know, a good distance through the the first round of the playoffs because we know they're going to draw a team like Milwaukee or Boston, and we've seen what Boston has done to them. So, let me ask you this real quick because we talk yeah. about one of the buzzwords we've used is identity, and Dejounte talks about it. So for seventy one games, no matter the coach, mm-hmm. and the roster has been pretty much the same, and health has not been that bad. You've had a stretch where Clint Capella missed some games, but for the most part, I think the Hawks have been pretty fortunate with their their injury situation why haven't they been able to find an identity is it a talent thing because again when we look at this team on paper 
I know there's some maybe some depth issues, but Quinn Snyder also is not playing a very deep rotation. He's probably going nine deep, right? So why is it so hard for this team to find an identity right now or all season long? It's, I don't know. I kind of want to say it's, they're missing some, and we've, we've said this before, they're missing some maturity. And Clint kind of touched on it at practice today as well with saying that they have to have the maturity not to let themselves get comfortable. And sometimes that's where you have that veteran in in the locker room that's just a maybe a little bit more forceful. I don't want to say the word aggressive, but I I, I you want somebody who how do I put this? Is, Be more vocal? Is vocal, but not so much vocal. That's not quite the word, okay. but it's just something like, you know, they've got the endorsement of the, the coach. So it's not necessarily that they're echoing what the coach is saying, but they're emphasizing it or they're, what's the word I'm looking for there? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling with words right now, guys. I'm sorry. I got back from uh, San Antonio on Monday morning. So my brain is... It's just a little bit frazzled, but basically they're they're an extension of of Snyder, and so I don't think they quite have that yet. Um, you know, I think he's going to be looking to those guys like the John Collinses, the Clint Capellas, the Trey Youngs, the the Dejounte Murrays to kind of grow into that extension of him. And yes, there is some vocal or necessary vocalization that needs to happen from them where they're not necessarily passive leaders but there there just needs to be somebody there who's kind of maybe they do need a rah-rah guy in the locker room and I don't know if they they have that they're very very like kind of stoic leaders if you think about when they're on the court not so much off the court they're they're much more charismatic guys but on the court they're they're pretty stoic and I think maybe it's just a matter of they need kind of that like guy who will get up in your face and and clap and I don't know yeah I didn't know if it was like a Draymond Green but maybe not as demonstrative as a Draymond or kind of a balance of Draymond I'm trying to think of another veteran that you know teams have that can that can be that uh yeah, that guy. I mean, I know with the Knicks, even them adding Josh Hart brought that mm-hmm. physicality. And I think his is more the actions that are speaking louder than the words. But we did see DeJounte speak yesterday or on Sunday about mm-hmm. the accountability and how everyone needs to be held accountable, including himself. Yeah, and I feel like we don't hear that as much from some of the other guys. And I feel like we've been hearing from DeJounte at least this year. Um, but you're right. I, I think it's kind of hard to figure out what that person is but it, it might mm-hmm. be someone that's been through this before been through some postseason runs to be like hey if you all want to get to this point it's going to take mm-hmm. x y and z and jante mm-hmm. coming from a, a team that has struggled the last couple of years since losing Kawhi leonard i mean how many of these guys have been in that situation before i know yeah. I mean, trey and this team went to the eastern conference finals a couple of years ago but how many of them have been through a lot of just playoff grinding pushes and so yep. maybe that is kind of the missing piece that they'll need next year someone that can be that let's hold a players only meeting let's let's do something about this and kind of say mm-hmm. hey this is what it's going to take for you guys to get to the next level whether you're in or not you have to figure that out here because I, that might 
be what's causing this team to not figure out an identity because it's, it's just it's just crazy to figure when you talk about this team, you really just don't know what you're going to get every night. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you could look at some of the guys on this roster, I guess the question would be who would you call the heartbeat of the team? It's not necessarily the person who is the most productive. It's not necessarily the person who who makes the most buckets or or ha- scores the most points has the most rebounds whatever it is but who is the heartbeat and i and right now nobody really jumps out at me like when i think about the heat i think of a guy like udonis haslam i'm just i'm just throwing out names like you said golden state heartbeat you think draymond green you mentioned josh hart you hear the Celtics, I think about Marcus Smart, and I know he's kind of persona non grata right now with Hawks fandom, but right. when you think of heart, like the heartbeat of teams, those names kind of jump out to you. And when you look at the Hawks, who would you say is the heartbeat of the team? I don't know if we've met that person yet or they know who that person is or maybe there's time for that person to develop into the heartbeat of the team, but... We know that you can call Clint Capella the the anchor of the defense for this team, but would you say he's the heartbeat? So I think that's something that we'll have to continue watching and, and seeing if maybe that person emerges down the stretch of the season. But for now, we're just going to have to, like I said, we have to keep watching and seeing. So we're going to take a quick break. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to take this time to thank everyone who has subscribed to the AJC as well as the AJC.com. You guys are what make our ability to cover this team a possibility. So if you haven't joined our community yet, we do have a special deal available right now for listeners of this podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories, the terrific e-paper, all of the newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from our legendary columnist, Mark Bradley. So that's just 99 cents for the next six months. And you can take advantage of this offer by going to subscribe dot ajc.com slash podcasts that's subscribe dot ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on okay so obviously with the way that this roster is constructed right now and as we mentioned before we went into our break this team is going to need to figure out who is the heartbeat of this team but we're not going to talk about that too much more just because we we have so much more to observe and think about 
But um, yeah, Daniel, it's just mind blowing that even though when you think about this team, and I I just looked this up, they're twenty one and eight when they have a fifteen point or more lead, and so it's not that they don't know how to play with leads. It's just confounding <laughs> that they can blow such big leads at least eight times in the in the season. So that's something Clint said has been kind of a thing for this team since he's been here. So here's what he, he has to say. Since I've been here, it's been our problem that I feel like every time we have the lead, we, uh, a certain time, we, uh, we let the team get back in the game, and we, we, we're not showing maturity enough to, to be focused on our approach, on us, and not on the game. And, um, I mean, even us as players, we talked a little bit last night in the locker room, and we said, like, I said that, like, we need to be, fo- we need to be focused on our approach and not the game. It's not because we're up 20 that we can relax. It's about us and where we're going to, where we want to go, not about the game itself. So just to touch on it really quickly, could he be developing into a guy that's the heartbeat of the team? But I I think it's still interesting how when he talks about them letting the opponent get back into the game as opposed to just the opponent fighting their way back into the game, I think that's the key. And so it'll be interesting to see how they continue to grow from this. I think, like you said, with AJ and Quinn and all of these guys touching on what they they worked on at practice on Monday, now it's a matter of can they actually put things into action, which is something that we've already mentioned in this show before. So do you think this team has what it takes to actually put things into action as opposed to just being, as they are right now, all talk? I really want to say yes, but I can't right now. And I just think there's not enough sample size as we've gone over the last time. There are three games over 500 and what's been happening in the last 25 games. It, again, it's going to have to be a, uh, a prove it to me or a show me what you all can do, because I do think this team is talented enough to do that. But you have to do it on the court and you have to do it consistently. Like when you look at the this week in your schedule, you have two back to backs, which is definitely not easy, um, especially this Detroit and Minnesota one, we're going all the way up to Minnesota just for a game. You do get two days off afterwards, but that's a tough Timberwolves team, tough place to play, but you are going to be without Anthony Edwards in that game. But again, that doesn't matter. Again, you lose the Spurs, you lose the Charlotte twice. You can't really even look at, oh, this team is a little shorthanded. That doesn't really matter right now. So right now, I don't think so. Um, I think they kind of have to, you know, see if their actions speak louder than the words they were saying. They were saying all the right things after the game and and today at pra- or Monday at practice, and so now they gotta they gotta do it in the game, and it starts with Detroit. But schedule doesn't get any easier. Um, Eleven games left to go, and again, what team is gonna be there at the end? Whether it's playing team, whether it's again a team that's gonna be one and done. It's just so hard to say, and it's just so frustrating. Because, man, it, it 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 really is tough to put into words right now, and we're supposed to be the ones using these words to kind of articulate <laughs> what's going on with this yeah. team. But it, it is kind of mind-boggling just to see a team that was up 22, scored 83 points against the worst team in the league, and then blow it after 
such a, a big win. I know everyone's saying, well, the Warriors are not a good road team. That's still a big win, and it's still a mm-hmm. good team that you had to beat. And especially, we can't overlook any win um, the way this team has played. So I'm not going to take anything away. I thought they played really well on Friday night to get that win over Golden State. So, no, I, I to answer your question, no, I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen right now. And, mm-hmm. and Quinn talked about, you know, kind of he's learning a lot about this team leadership wise, and maybe that's Clint here in the next eleven games. Maybe it's Dejounte. Maybe it's Trey. We won't know until we we kind of see how it goes. But um, we'll, we'll we'll start with another team that's in the bottom five in Detroit tonight, and and go from there. Yeah, um, I think that was kind of interesting about what Quinn said. Going back to what he said at practice on Monday, you know, he's he's learning, and it, it's part of the accountability thing that they that played a part in why they they moved on from their former coach, and so. Here's what he has to say with, when it comes to this team and him figuring out who the leader is. I think we're all learning about each other, you know, and leadership comes in a lot of different um, forms. And, you know, first of all, it's coming from me, you know, so today was a good day. You know, it's we played, you know, we got back to backs. We flew last night, you know, but we, we need to get in the gym and touch some things and be smart about saving our legs but you know I think the, the important thing is we understand where we are and you know the leadership you can lead you know by picking the ball up you can lead by being shifted on offense you can lead by running the floor um, and there's obviously people that have more opportunity to do that than others but everybody can take that on collectively. So again it touches on what we were saying we're looking to we're ready to see who that leader is going to be and they don't have a lot of games left 11 games in the regular season but you know if if it's if it's not the case that this team is able to make it out of the playing tournament or even into the playing tournament uh depending on where they fall in these next 11 games I think that Quinn Snyder has a lot of valuable evaluation material to think over this offseason. And I think the Hawks themselves have have some interesting things to think about as far as how they want to continue building this roster moving forward. Something that we haven't even touched on yet that happened last week was Bogdan Bogdanovich's contract extension and, and the fact that they have signed him for the next, you know, four or so years. So, Daniel, have you gotten a chance to, you know, look at what his contract breakdown is? Yeah, it's four years, but the fourth year is a team option. Yep. And and each year it, descent, it decreases. It's yep. not what you normally would see in contracts extensions where the number increases each year. And so I think it's a it's a pretty friendly deal for the Hawks long-term, it's still just kind of confounding that they were willing to make that kind of commitment, especially because of his injury. Yeah. Um, I know the one thing it sometimes it's tough to find this league is shooters. And I think that's something that I think every team values. And that's something that he can bring, um, which is certainly, you know, something that now you have for three or four years. But I think also the good thing about how kind of Hawks friendly it is and enough for bogey to sign it is that it is tradable as well. And mm-hmm. so 
if things don't work out or they need to go in a different direction, it's something, especially with that team option in the fourth year, it's mm-hmm. something that maybe in a year or two down the line, it could be a trade. I'm not saying go in and use this to just to trade him, but it is. Right. I think it worked out for both sides where he gets the long-term deal that he wanted, didn't really want to go, maybe didn't want to go through free agency and, and wanted mm-hmm. to stay here and got the money that he wanted out of it. And, and for the team, it's, they basically have him for three years and can decide mm-hmm. if they want to pick up that fourth. And if not, then he's a trade piece for an all uh, trade deadline or an off season. So um, yeah. I like it again. They need this team needs shooting. Every team needs it. And the, the keep mm-hmm. one of your, your best shooters out there. If you can stay healthy, then I think it's, I think it's a very valuable deal. Yeah. I, and I think too, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it continues to shake out in the off season and who is kind of on the chopping block. I mean, we can expect that John Collins' yep. name will probably continue to float around in the in the trade talks. You know, Clint has one more year on his deal after this season, so it, it's just a lot of a lot of decisions will be needed to make be will be need needed to be made. Need to oh my gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is right. a sign, <laughs> which is a sign that this podcast is wrapping up soon. (laughs) No, but um, I like it too. I I know some people are a little iffy about it just because of the length of the, of the deal. But like you said, bogey bogey can shoot that thing and he's been shooting it pretty well since he returned from the all-star break. And so if, you know, he and Sadiq Bey can continue to be, the bench unit that this Hawks team needs them to be. I, I think they can be a pretty, pretty lethal second unit, which which struggled at the beginning of the year because this team just didn't have any depth. And now, now Quinn Snyder has enough depth that he can willingly play, you know, his nine most consistent guys and, and maybe even sometimes 10 if he really needs AJ Griffin, if, you know, Jalen Johnson is healthy or vice versa. So yeah, I think this Hawks team, it's it's interesting. Um, we'll see. We'll continue to see if maybe the heartbeat of this team is in one of those younger guys. As I mentioned, Jalen Johnson, Onyeko Kangu, and A.J. Griffin. Um, not to mention some of the other players that are at the end of this team's bench. So, Yeah, I think, you know, when you're talking about the depth, I mean, this team was deeper last year just based on some of the pieces that they had and lost. You had Danilo Gallinari, Mm -hmm. who I know is not playing right now. You had a Lou Williams. You had a DeLon Wright. I just, I mean, you you lost some key pieces depth-wise. But again, like we mentioned, Quinn's playing his nine best guys right now, and you feel like you can put those nine up against a lot of teams and feel hopefully confident going into games that they can take care of business or keep it within striking distance so mm-hmm. um i i agree i think obviously they'll have a lot to evaluate i think there are certain pieces that you maybe need to find you know you have a clink capella but do you need a stretch five or a backup mm-hmm. five someone that can stretch the floor a little bit in quinn snyder's offense you know what are they gonna do with john collins uh, i think it's just again I, I just don't think they really know really what to do with him in the offense in the flow of the ball game so mm-hmm. again lots of decisions to decide but you do want to see this team head into the postseason or at least head into the play in with a little bit of momentum, just a little mm-hmm. bit of, hey, it, they, they are starting to figure some things out. And it gives Quinn Snyder a little bit more 
to work with when it comes to the offseason and this front office to work with when it comes to the offseason as well. So mm-hmm. as disappointing as it is, this there's still 11 more games to use as the valuation and hopefully mm-hmm. some play-in games as well because you do want to see some of your young guys in some of these big situations like how does A.J. Griffin, a Jalen mm-hmm. Johnson play in, in, these, in these types of big games down the stretch in the play-in. So I always tell people, based on my experience, when they say, there's no point of playing the play-in or being the eighth seed. It doesn't matter. It does because you're still trying to create a winning culture and mm-hmm. not trying to win or being okay with not being in the playoffs is not something you want your team to get used to. You want your team to be used to winning. And if Quinn Snyder didn't come here to not make the playoffs or to not make deep runs um, in the future. So they're going to hopefully give everything they can in these last 11 and, yep. and we'll see how it plays out. But I, like we always do, we got to take it one week at a time. And this is a big week, as they all are. But two back-to-backs is, is no easy uh, thing to deal with, even though one of them's a, a home-and-home. Back-to-backs in, in itself are just mm-hmm. tough, a uh, tough challenge. And some good teams are coming our way as well. So we'll yeah. see. But uh, not not the ending of the week we hoped for. But hopefully uh, tonight against Detroit is a little different. Yep. Until then, I'm Lauren Williams. Joined by, of course, Daniel Salaston. And this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.